Again, I'd like to extend a real appreciation to all the mothers that are in our midst this morning. And um, some of you may recall a brother named Ray Zander who is along with the Lord at this particular time. And during the week, I was looking through a little booklet that, uh, and you may not have, if you did know him, you may not have known that he wrote a lot of poems and committed things that were put together in a few different books. And there's one uh, that I wanted to share with you. It's called Anticipation. And uh, the reason I thought this might be fitting, it, he writes here, When I get to heaven, to what they call the promised land, I want to see my mother just take her by the hand. It was she who filled my mind with scripture, taught me of the Savior's love. It was she who shed so many tears seeking guidance from above. And he goes on and he tells about other members of his family, but that's the way he began that particular one. And I thought, you know, a lot of us don't realize the influence that our mothers have upon us especially in our formative years and how that carries through for the rest of our lives. I know in my own case, uh, my mother was a very important part of my brother and myself's lives. My father worked oftentimes uh, in the late hours of the evening and uh, he, he would get home early in the morning and went to bed to get, that was his sleep time. And so it was my mom that was with us uh, when we got up in the morning to getting ready to go to school and so forth. And so uh, mom had a very special place in our lives. Well, a few months ago, uh, Malcolm approached, approached me and he said, you know, uh, you and Jan have been married for a long time and we have uh, over 50 years. And he said, I'm sure that you must have uh, some uh, things that you would be able to share with the brethren here at the assembly that would be of value to us. And uh, so anyway, um, uh, it came down to Mother's Day. And it's kind of, to me, at first it didn't seem like a very good fit because, you know, just sharing my experiences uh, through our married years for the benefit of the assembly didn't really seem to me like it was a subject that would really fit in with the family Bible hour here on Sunday morning, maybe more so at a, a midweek meeting or something like that. But at any rate, um, what I'm going to attempt to do this morning, and I hope that we'll be able to uh, leave you with something that you'll be able to remember and be able to put in. Because, you know, when you hear messages here uh, at the chapel, uh, they all may blend together and they, they help in your overall growing experience as you study the word yourselves and all. But uh, I'd like to hopefully have something that's a little bit lasting that you can plug into and can, uh, can use in your everyday lives uh, along with um, um, this and, uh, and the references through the word. I was given a book by my daughter, Christmas, I think it was a year before last, 
by Dave Ramsey. Some of you may have read this particular book. It's called The Legacy Journey. And uh, what I'm going to attempt to do this morning is take, uh, it's kind of the outline that Dave Ramsey used in this book. He is a Christian financial counselor, and um, he has a lot of, of courses, and I highly recommend this. I've gone through this thing, and I've got it marked up, and I've got a, a lot in there. But I'd like to take what he has here, and he's talking about creating a financial legacy. But I would like to take that and convert it into creating your spiritual legacy and take take some of the the outline that he has here and plug it into that particular aspect because we all as Christians have and I that's a broad statement that I'm making there and and we'll touch on that just a little bit more in detail shortly but as Christians we have a responsibility to grow and to pass on what we have gleaned through our experiences. And that all put together becomes our legacy. And um, I like to define things. And I, I looked at the dictionary on the definition of legacy, and then I kind of uh, uh, took that and put it into my own words here. And I've defined legacy as something of value that can be passed on to a future generation. Now, with that thought in mind, we're talking about a spiritual legacy this morning. So we as Christians need to create something that will develop a spiritual legacy that we can pass on to future generations. Now, what we witnessed here this morning, the dedication of these, these infants here, is the beginning of a spiritual journey for their parents. Because in, um, in Proverbs 13.22, God's Word tells us that a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. That's your grandchildren. And if you're going to leave a spiritual inheritance to your children's children, to your grandchildren, you need to be beginning to develop that from its earliest stages. And so we saw that in this dedication that took place this morning with these, these, uh, these children that were here. We have a movable form here. <laughs> I won't put my weight on it. So anyway, that's what I'd like to have you think about this morning, about you creating your own spiritual legacy, something that's of value that you'll be able to pass on to your children, and in turn, your children will be able to pass that on to your children's children, your grandchildren. Well, in Dave Ramsey's book, The, the Legacy Journey, the outline that he uses there for your overall financial plan, he breaks it down into four words. The now, 
the then, the us, and the them. Now, if I was the high-tech person, and I know many of the people that are here, they've got all of this on the screen here, and they, they point, but you're going to have to uh, uh, withdraw from that, that visual part of it. But anyway, these are the four words that he develops this financial legacy around. And so we'll take those same four words, and I'd like to try to develop them a little bit along those lines with a spiritual aspect attached to it. So the now, the then, the us, and them, as far as Dave Ramsey is concerned and the financial situations, it begins with the, he begins with the, the now. In other words, wherever you are financially, and uh, so many people today financially are in a debt situation where they are underwater, he begins there, shows you how you deal with that, and then he goes on to then, once you've passed through that that aspect of it, you go on to where where you go from that point, and then there's the us when you're further along in your financial journey, and then there is, is the them when it is more of a uh, being a, a giving or a philanthropy type of a, an approach. So we're going to begin our spiritual journey this morning, our so-called now part of of that outline. Uh, by thinking that our spiritual journey begins with our foundation. That's where it, where it all begins. In Matthew 7, you're all familiar, or most of you are familiar with the parable of the uh, wise man and the foolish man. The wise man built his house upon the rock, and so it's important to have a firm and solid foundation. In 2 Corinthians 6 and 2, the Word of God tells us, Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. And so our beginning point, our now part of our spiritual journey, is building that foundation. And that begins with our relationship with our Lord Jesus Christ, coming to Him, acknowledging our place as a sinner, receiving him as our Savior and trusting in him, and that's the day of salvation. Now, I know that most here in our midst can look back at a day in their lives uh, when they had that encounter with the Lord. There may be some here this morning that, that truly cannot look back at a day when that event took place, and if not, then your spiritual journey is still grounded in that now portion of that outline. You need to deal with the foundation, and that begins with trusting the Lord as your own personal Savior. Now, as we go through this, the biblical part of it, I would like to try to weave in a little bit of our own experience, Jan and myself. And for each of us, there was that moment in our lives when we acknowledged that we needed to, to come into a relationship with the Lord. I was uh, 11 years old. It was at a vacation Bible school at the Central Gospel Chapel down in Miami. And 
I know to this day that it was a genuine time where I acknowledged that I needed a Savior. Unfortunately, there were several times, and, and this is the reason that I know that, that I was sincere with the Lord at that time, because I did not have the assurance that that transaction took place at that particular time. And there were several times after that where I approached the Lord and I, and I told him that I wanted to make sure that that relationship had been established. And I asked the Lord to come into my, my life more than once because I didn't have the assurance that, that that transaction had taken place. So for me, my foundation was established at that point in time. For my wife, Jan, it was a little later in her teen years, and she was invited by a friend to a beach ministry, and she made a profession of faith there. And that was where our lives as a couple began. We didn't know each other at the time. In fact, we went to the same high school together, graduated from the high school in, in uh, different years, but had no knowledge of one another at that point in time in our lives. And it wasn't until a few days or a few years later that we even met, and that was uh, an encounter that I believe was God-ordained because uh, it was on a blind date that the two of us met, and it was through a mutual acquaintance that, uh, that we were able to come together. <clears throat> so that was the now portion of our lives, and I trust that, that if you have not established that now, that bedrock, that foundational time when you have trusted Christ as your own personal Savior, that you will realize that your legacy has not begun and cannot begin in a spiritual sense until that takes place. Well, then, the next stage is the the then stage. Now, then. So once you've made a profession of faith, then your spiritual journey begins. You begin to grow as a Christian, reading the Word and, and uh, acknowledging that, that uh, you need to become more like the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you'd like to turn to a portion of Scripture, it's a, a portion that um, uh, we're studying right now, and it's in the book of Colossians. Uh, the Wednesday night Bible study is in this portion. And a couple of months ago, there was an endeavor to memorize this whole book by different people and to come together on a night and be able to go through the whole book of Colossians, which we did. And Jan and I selected a portion in Colossians chapter 3, which I'd like us to take a look at quickly here. This is the portion that Jan and I memorized for that particular uh, activity where we memorized the book of Colossians. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 12. And so the now the, the section is that growing section, and we are building uh, our Christian character. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, tender mercies, 
kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another, and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfectness. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts, and whatever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. What a valuable section for a growing Christian to be able to read and to uh, decide that these are the qualities that I need to be implementing into my life to be growing as a new young believer. Some of the, the portions here may be easier for us to be able to implement into our lives and others. And I can guarantee you that if this is the character that you're developing as a Christian, even before we come to the us portion of this outline, which is where a marriage would take place and you begin to build your Christian life through not only yourself but through your spouse, this character building that takes place before that event happens will be something that will uh, create a more harmonious relationship when that, when that marriage takes place. So these, and even if, if that, the us portion never does happen to you, as in our brother Ray Zander that we just read the poem about, uh, he remained single all of his life, and the Lord used him. But just as we had adhered to this morning that the chapel can become your family and you can have spiritual children as such, and you can be uh, implementing your legacy through your spiritual children. So my advice is to look through the, this, this particular section here and try to implement with an idea of uh, balancing all of these things. Now, some may be out of proportion. You may, you may have an easier uh, ability to be able to put on love than to be able to forgive someone. But all of these are qualities that we need to see in our lives as we grow as a believer. Now, as we move on with the outline, we've looked at the now portion, the then portion, our growing portion in our spiritual legacy, and then the us portion. Now, God has brought you into a relationship with another believer. And, of course, as believers, we should be looking for someone who is also 
a believer that we would be able to have an equal yoke. The Genesis account reminds us that there shall be one flesh, and I had an occasion. Uh, this took place before Jan and I were married, and uh, we were engaged at the time, and I told Jan that uh, I didn't know just, uh, I mean, marriage seems like such a big undertaking for someone who is still single at the time, but I told her that, that failure is not an option for me. And, of course, I was the spiritual giant, and so uh, anyway, uh, uh, I, I let her know without any, uh, without any question or with any doubt that there was no other options for me, that, uh, that when we were married, that was it, because it's... The marriage relationship, as we know it on a uh, physical basis here on earth, is a small picture of that relationship that the church has with Christ. And, of course, we, we know that there is uh, no falling away from our relationship with the Lord. We have the issue of eternal security that, that we have confidence in and that we establish relationship with the Lord, and that cannot be severed. And so, anyway, Jan and I were married, and uh, our relationship continued to, to go on. And as a new couple, we were very involved in the local chapel in Fort Lauderdale. We engaged in uh, activities with uh, many of the young couples that were there at the assembly, and we enjoyed a sweet time of fellowship with, with one another at, at that particular time. So this was a continuation of and the development of our legacy as a married couple. And so that was the, the us portion of our relationship. And then we go from now to then to us, and to them, which is the fourth stage of it. And that's when our family be, uh, came along. And we've, we've seen some of the uh, uh, effects of that this morning. And our brother Malcolm referred to two portions of Scripture, which uh, uh, one in Deuteronomy chapter 6, about the responsibilities that parents have for teaching their, their children, and also uh, for the the admonition that we have to train up our ch children in the way that they should go, and when they're older, they will not depart from it. And so raising children is a responsibility that, that we have before the Lord. But, you know, it's an exciting adventure for us as parents because we have the control in those formative years of many aspects of the development of our children. Uh, we make decisions as to uh, who they associate themselves with. We, we guide them in, in many ways as to uh, what they see and what they read and what they hear, the people that they are with. And so we have a real positive influence on them at that 
in that particular stage. As they grow older, they have more freedom and more opportunity to be able to make decisions for themselves. And I would say that at, at this point in our lives, we, Jan and I, are beginning to see the effects of our legacy. And, and it's really an exciting time for the two of us because you, you don't really see this. Uh, you're so busy in raising your children and your family and all of the activities that are uh, involved in that that you don't, you don't realize that, uh, that closely that you are forming this, this legacy. And now at the juncture of life where we are now, we're beginning to see not only our children, but our children's children uh, beginning to uh, exhibit some of those particular ways. I'll, I'll give you um, a couple of examples, uh, one of which our, our granddaughter was with us for an overnight stay recently. Uh, and when we got up in the morning for breakfast, uh, we had breakfast and uh, our granddaughter is nine years old, and uh, she did this totally on her own and brought it and, and uh, shared it with us. And it, she entitled this uh, An Everyday Bible Verse. And, and she says, by Haley Aaliyah. She wrote her name up on the top there. And she said, and here's th this verse. And she, she didn't go to the, she had memorized this, and so she just uh, wrote this down. She said, everyday Bible verse, because Jan and I have, we have a Bible reading in the morning uh, when we have breakfast. And uh, she thought it would be fitting to have this verse that, that we would use on an everyday basis. And so she writes, therefore... Because we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, Hebrews 12.1. So she wrote that out on this little 3 by 5 card. And then below that she, she wrote, You should remember this Bible verse and repeat it every single day. When you say this to yourself, it will give you the strength you need from God to get through the day. That was our granddaughter's advice to her grandparents. And so, you know, that's a legacy that's, that's developing. It's, it came through our daughter and now it's down to our grandchildren. And not only that, our, uh, we were involved as a couple in a number of outreaches. We were on a board with child evangelism for a period of time. Uh, we were involved in Camp Horizon ministry. Uh, uh, and I know many of you here in the assemblies have been involved in that too. Uh, Jan worked in the kitchen up there. She counseled. I drove buses up there for years and uh, taking campers there. And, you know, we've been involved in so many different things and, and, and so many different ways. And we, we love that as a family. But we were living examples to our children 
uh, and we were consistent in our our faith and in our ministry. And you know, for our children, things are are ease, more easily caught than taught. You can teach them a lot of things, but they'll catch them if they see you living out what you are trying to teach them. And and so our lives have been consistent. Our children have have seen that that uh, uh, that we are genuine in the things that we're trying to teach them and share with them, and we're seeing that coming back to us. And so I'm sharing that with you this morning uh, because if you can implement this into your lives, you will be developing your legacy, your spiritual legacy for your children that will come back and pay dividends not only to you, to the Lord, and and to uh, uh, those others, and, and you'll be richly rewarded as a result of it. Our, our son went to Camp Horizon as a camper, as a youngster. And now, last summer and this summer, his son, our grandson, is going to Camp Horizon as a camper. And so that heritage is being carried on. And so that's part of our legacy. It's, it's an exciting time for Jan and myself, and I just encourage you, look to God's word. This is your toolbox right here. This is where your information for your growth as a Christian is. Remember the little outline. <clears throat> the now, the then, the us, your couple, and them, your family, and your growth. To establish your legacy that will bring you uncounted uh, uh, rewards in the upcoming years. And so on, on Mother's Day, I'd like just to thank again the mothers and, and for the family units that uh, have been such a blessing. And we thank you for the fellowship that we have here at Boulevard Bible Chapel. Now, uh, when I talked to Jamel the other day, he said, Brother, take as long as you want. He said, now, it's not often that you have two, two brethren that are sharing in the meeting. But he said, take as long as you want. Now, he doesn't realize how dangerous that can be. <laughs> and so, you know, brother, <clears throat> when you come up here, if you just want to close in prayer, that's perfectly fine. But we'll, <laughs> we'll turn the rest of the meeting over to our brother, Janemo. This Mother's Day, we remember mothers. And more particularly, I, I, we, I wanted to highlight a spiritual mother in Scripture, and, and I wanted to show you her faith. But as her brother went on and on concerning the legacy of a godly family, of a godly mother, and a godly father, and what God can do through men and women if they would just heed their lives to the living God, if they would just willingly set themselves aside and let the Lord work in their lives and let Him bless you. I was I was in Jeremiah this uh, last couple of weeks, and I came across this verse, and I want to share this verse with you, and and and, and I'll, I'll say a couple of things, and we'll close. It's in Jeremiah twenty-two. Turn with me to Jeremiah twenty-two. In Jeremiah twenty-two, the Lord gave word to the prophet Jeremiah to to speak directly to the house of Josiah, King Josiah, the sons of Josiah, and he charges the family of Josiah. Here we had uh, uh, their father who, 
who was a great man, who started so well, who, who saw the word of God, who opened the scrolls and read, and he tore his clothes and he wept because the people had left the living God. And not but a generation later, his sons were derelict in their faith. Here in Jeremiah 22, here's Jeremiah speaking to the sons of Josiah. We'll begin reading in verse 13. It says, Woe to him who builds his house by unrighteousness and his chambers by injustice, who uses his neighbor's service without wage and gives him nothing for his works. Now listen, verse 14, it says, Who says, I will build myself a wide house with spacious chambers and cut out windows for it, panel it with cedar and paint it with beryllium? Shall you reign because you are enclosed in cedars? The, now I'll stop there. What is the charge that had, God had for these men, for these sons of Josiah? You're living, you're building your life, your legacy is one of unrighteousness, he said, of, of, of no justice. You, you, you cheat your neighbor and you say to yourself, I know what to do. I will build myself a big mansion. And I, and I will deck it out with the best that we can do. I'll panel it with cedar and paint it. This is what the Lord says to him. Beginning at verse 15, second phrase, it says, Did not your father eat and drink and do justice and righteousness? Did not your father, did I not sustain your father? Was Josiah not... Prosper, was not your father, King David, prosperous? Did he not, was he not sustained by me? Did he not have all the drink he needed? Did he not have all the food he needed? And they did what? What was their works? Justice and righteousness. Now, this is what the Lord says of the, of the fathers. Then it was well with him. It was well with him. Listen, God the Father's putting with these men. Listen, you want it to go well with you? Do as your fathers did. Do as your fathers did. Now listen, we're going to keep on going. It says, speaking of the fathers, he judged the cause of the poor and the needy. Then it was well. We see both that God sustained, they sought after justice, they sought after righteousness, they judged the, 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 the needs of the people and they sought to meet the needs of the people. They reigned as God would want them to reign and it was well with them, God says it twice. It was well with them, twice he says of them. Now here's the key verse. Here's where, where, where I want you to go home thinking about. This is the answer. This is what our brother Gary was saying. This is what the Lord says. Was not this knowing me, says the Lord. Was this not knowing me, declares the living God. You want it to go well in this life. You want it to go well with your family. Listen, you can, you can try as hard as you can. But if you don't know God, I'm sorry. It's like building a big old house. And thinking you're going to be well off. Was this not knowing me, says the Lord. Our brother shared this morning about a spiritual legacy. 
And he will tell you that him and his wife, if it wasn't because the Lord was with them, there would be nothing. It has gone well because they know the Lord. Brothers and sisters, I'd encourage you this morning to lean on those everlasting arms. Stop relying on your own strength. Stop relying on your own will and lean upon Him who is all-knowing and all-powerful. And if you don't know Jesus as your personal, if you're not a Christian and you're here this morning, I... We can bring every person up here and they'll give you their testimony how how it was not well with them. And when they met the living God, it was well with them. If you don't know God, if you have not turned to Him for, for, for the forgiveness of your sins, of who you are, I beg for you to do that this morning. Is this not knowing me? says the Lord. Let us pray. Our Heavenly God and Father, we, we thank you this morning. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that, that you have so much love to give. You have so much grace and mercy to bestow upon us, Lord. Lord, we, we recognize that we are needy people, and yet you are gentle and kind. Lord, we thank you for your word that goes out. Lord, help us those who know you, Lord, help us to draw ever closer to you. Help us to lead our families, Lord, in the fear and admonition of you, Lord. Lord, let them be vessels of honor for you. Lord, we're in a building that's filled with children, Lord. And we recognize that all these are blessings from you, Lord. And we lift them up before you this morning. And we lift them up before you every day, Lord. We recognize as Hannah did, Lord, you have given them to us, Lord, and we, we, we give them back to you. We lent them back to you all the days of their life. Lord, they belong to you. They're not ours for us to claim, but they're yours. Lord, help us in all these things. I ask all these things in your son's name.